0: What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay
1: ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape.
0: Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O and host of the What to Know podcast show. I'm here at the Commonwealth Club on Embarcadero and very excited to be talking to our guest today. It's Dr. Eric Topol, who's an executive vice president at Scripps Research. He's a book author we're going to talk a little bit about his new book and he is a top influencer, key opinion leader in the digital health space. Welcome, Dr. Topol.
1: Thanks, Aaron. Great to be with you.
0: Well, it's great to be here and uh, we're going to be quick today because you have a talk that's happening right after this and I got stuck in the uh, famous Bay traffic. Uh, but I do want to start with your background. You have a little bit of an unusual focus in the fact that, um, not that you're a doctor, but you're a geneticist and a cardiologist. And that's a relatively unusual pairing, or at least to me, I've not seen a lot of that. What, uh, what sent you down that path?
1: Well, I was actually a genetics major in college when I was at University of Virginia. And uh, then I took a detour into medicine. Uh, the genetics was interesting, but it wasn't that much you could do with it. And I got back to it in the late 90s uh, when we started the first cardiovascular gene bank. And that's been a hot area, but it's basically a theme of understanding each human being at, at a deep level. Or you could call it deep phenotyping, whether it's genetics, whether it's how you do the physical exam, and all the other layers of what it means, like sensors, to understand each individual.
0: So it sounds like it worked out to be a good choice in the long run.
1: Yeah, no, I I'm thrilled because it's so stimulating and it's moving. Now it's with the artificial intelligence dimension, it's going to really zoom forward.
0: Well, and that's a nice segue because uh, your book that you just put out called Deep Medicine, Um, You have a premise in it, which I really liked, especially given we just had South by Southwest. I had some chances to talk to Dr. Rasu Shrestha. I don't know if you've met Dr. Shrestha before. If not, I think you two would get along fabulously. But one of the things that um, you talk about is sort of how AI or artificial intelligence can make healthcare human again. And he and I talked a little bit about that same premise of how can you bring empathy into this now technology-laden environment, which... I think you're a believer will make things sort of really move forward quickly, but there are risks associated. So talk a little bit about the premise of the book.
1: Yeah, well the premise is that not directly through AI will we engender empathy, but by the combination of outsourcing to machines, so many things that doctors and clinicians do, like typing in keyboards, acting as data clerks, and reading scans, and trying to get your arms around data of a person, of a patient, and then the patient side of whether it's their sensors and their data that's getting algorithmically interpreted and supported. When you get those two going together, you get the gift of time. And the biggest thing that's missing right now uh, for the relationship is lack of time. That leads to the issues like burnout because doctors and nurses and the whole medical community doesn't feel that they can look after, provide care, and uh, the burnout, actually engenders more errors, a doubling of errors, which is a vicious cycle for more burnout and depression. So we've gotta break this thing, and AI has the best shot of anything I know to get us there.
0: Well, and you said something provocative. Uh, you did something which actually I, I really liked a lot, and you put out an Ask Me Anything on LinkedIn. I think you said that was your first. Lots of people asking you lots of great questions. One of your responses, though, piqued my interest related to that, and you said uh, to one of the folks that asked you, uh, you're hoping we'll eventually get gut hospital rooms and use AI to monitor remotely, except for ICUs, ORs, and ED. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah,
1: Aaron, that's actually a very far-reaching but uh, achievable goal, because why would you ha- be in a hospital room? We're not talking about the intensive care unit in when you could be monitored. More exquisitely in your own home at a tiny fraction of the cost. In fact, we could buy people years of broadband internet data plans for one night in the hospital, which in the US is a $5,000 big ticket. So, this is the way to avoid this, you know, hospital acquired infections and all the other bad things that happen in hospitals. One in four people are harmed in a hospital uh, during their stay. So, we need to get the um, algorithms going for remote monitoring. There's the beginning of that right now. There's a lots of conflicts. Uh, you can imagine hospitals don't want to give it up. And it would be the biggest single economic uh, impact because of the labor personnel issues that would be involved. So we will get there eventually. It's inevitable. It'll be like the shift from uh, in-hospital to outpatient. This will be from in-hospital to home.
0: And I can't imagine it wouldn't take a ton of cost out of the whole process, right? Because I think there are a lot of people that go that don't necessarily need to be there. And so if you can treat them at home, even if you are investing in high Internet speeds for them to be able to do some of the uh, patient monitoring, you need to.
1: Right. Even if you're in the hospital these days, uh, usually it's only when you crash that they call code blue or something bad as a crisis. But The monitoring we're talking about, uh, which largely can be done on the wrist with various sensors of all vital signs, and the predictive algorithms, they're going to get better and better to make this home monitoring um, really uh, eminently doable, inexpensive, and it will really change the whole um, uh, human resource support that's required today because you may well know that uh, the job increases that have occurred are mostly out of healthcare. It now towers above retail over the last couple of years as the number one job source, and that is what drives healthcare costs. We've got to outsource this to algorithms and machines. We gotta validate it, we gotta prove that it works and it's safe and it's highly uh, uh, helpful for patients, but that's where it's headed.
0: Well, and that brings up another point where you also touched on this in your talk. Um, You pointed to a paper called When AIs Outperform Doctors, confronting the challenges of a tort-induced over-reliance on machine learning. And I think one of the things that you even bring up in the book is what happens when the AI does go wrong? What if a mistake gets made and then something horrible happens, you know, who's liable? Is it the, the programmer? Is it the, you know, company that sort of built the the thing that housed the AI? Is it the physician? So tell us a little more about that.
1: Well, the paper you're referring to was written by uh, three lawyers and their point was that uh, when things are validated and it becomes the norm it will be not standard of care to avoid using the algorithm but what you're bringing up is the other side of it is what if it's a glitch what if it's hacked what if it starts to hurt people at scale and that's why any serious matter in medicine we need to have ongoing continuous surveillance because even when it's proven that the algorithm helps people it doesn't always help people if there's some software problem so it may be good for mundane things like, is this skin rash? What is that? And is this child have an ear infection? But when it gets to be anything serious, you know, that's when we have to really uh, be under total continuous surveillance.
0: Yeah, and the irony is is that, you know, it's like the autonomous car uh, debate where, you know, you want to blame the autonomous car because it, you have one accident. But meanwhile, humans are responsible for thousands of accidents a year. So yeah, that's a
1: really good analogy. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of analogies and parallels between self-driving cars and the future of medicine. Uh, we will never get to level five. No human backup ever because of road conditions, because of weather conditions, all the things that are unpredictable. And we'll never get to that sort of full autonomy across the board in medicine, only in certain simple things. Otherwise, there always will be human backup, whether that's a doctor or a nurse, clinician, practitioner, a physician assistant, pharmacist, whatever.
0: I'm gonna ask you my final question. I would love to spend another half hour with you, but due to my own uh, racing through traffic, I wanna be respectful of your time. This is a big picture one, um, and I'm glad I gave it to you in advance. But if you could change one thing in the world of healthcare tomorrow, what would it be? It's, and why? it's
1: simple for me. Everybody should own their data, all their data, medical, health, and data. And it should be from the time they're in the womb to the very moment. And it should be seamlessly updated and user friendly and searchable. We can't do AI for people unless all the inputs are there. And so if we get that as a civil right, which is what it should be someday, that's my dream.
0: And do you think that's any time in our near future, or is that a pipe dream?
1: It's It's not a pipe dream. It's achievable. It's done in other countries. We just have to do it in the U.S.
0: Well, thank you. This is Aaron Strout, CMO, W2O, host of the What to Know podcast. Um, I just spent 10 very exciting minutes with Dr. Eric Topol, Executive Vice President of Scripps Research, author of Deep Medicine, which he's going to be speaking about tonight. Thank you for uh, taking the time, Dr. Topol.
1: Thanks very much, Aaron. Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at whwillgroup.com slash what to know.